Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. We pray that this message strengthens and encourages you in your walk with God. Well, God is good. Amen. Let's go ahead and start right off. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we give this night to you. We thank you, Father, for the fullness of what you have in store for us. And, God, we pray that you would make all grace abound and that you would just continually show yourself strong to us in this time. And, Lord, we thank you that as you show yourself strong to us, God, that, Lord, you establish a place, a church, a body of believers, a congregation, an ecclesia that would be established here for the fullness of what you have called us to in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to go ahead, I want to go back, just a real quick review over last week. Psalm 107, if you would turn with me there. Psalm 107, we're going to look in verse 36. And he says, there he makes, Psalm 107 verse 36, there he makes the hungry dwell, that he may establish a city for a dwelling place. Now, God is looking to establish a city for a dwelling place. What happens when you begin to look into a city, as we talked about last week? There are families that come into this. There are people who begin to to, to come in and they begin to grow and they begin to establish a city. They begin to establish a place. Now, when we establish a place, one of the things that begins to happen is God wants to bring about the understanding of what the, the disciples, what we are called to. Look at your neighbor and say, you're called to more than you realize. See, God loves you. He loves you beyond the shadow of a doubt. He loves you. But he's also got a calling on you. So 1 Peter, if you would turn with me to 1 Peter. In 1 Peter, we see this, that the church, the ecclesia, the body of Christ, ecclesia meaning a body of called out believers assembled together by God to bring governmental change within a region, not a governmental takeover, but a governmental change. In other words, an influence that begins to change an area in a good way, not an influence that's dogmatic and is legalistic and is harsh, but by love, we bring change. So 1 Peter... We see here that in First Peter, in chapter, um, sorry, I just lost my place here. There we are. First Peter chapter 2, in verse 4, it says, Coming to him as living stones, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house. Say spiritual house. So we are bringing, we, in Psalm 107, verse 36, he says that we are to dwell and they are to establish a city for a dwelling place. So we are to establish a city for a dwelling place, but we are being built up now as a spiritual house of living stones. So it's more than a building. It's more than a facility. It's about a people who are being built up as living stones so that what happens is we would go on and we see here that are being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. You and I are priests unto the Lord. And because of that, we are a holy priesthood that can now establish, we look at this, spirit to offer up spiritual sacrifices. So we are a holy priesthood lifting up spiritual sacrifices unto the Lord. What do the spiritual sacrifices look like? It looks like the worship we just came out of. It looks like that which we have sown into with, it, with our finances. It looks like that which we are praying and we are believing. It looks like those times when we begin to press on in and God begins to move in our midst. It is literally doing what the Word says. So as a priest unto the Lord, you as a priest unto the Lord, 
He has called you to lift up spiritual sacrifices unto Him. Those spiritual sacrifices will come in the times of prayer. Those spiritual sacrifices will come in the times when you begin to witness to other people, when you begin to share the love of God to other people. And as that process continues, what we will see is we will see the goodness of God overtake us in the land of the living. So we are being built up. It says here again, coming to Him as a living stone, coming to Him as a living stone, you are a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but accepted, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious. He who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected have become, has become the chief cornerstone, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were also, they were also, which they also were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but now are the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So we are a chosen generation. And a chosen generation does chosen things. Look at your neighbor and say, you do chosen things. <laughs> See, you're going to do different things than other people. What's going to happen is you're going to do different things. And in the process of doing different things, just as I said last week, you know, in January, we'll go to a Sunday night service as well. But we are looking at being in this understanding that as a chosen generation, not better than anybody else, not elitist, we're not doing that, not prideful, but we understand that because of what God has called us into, that, that he, is, he is looking for a bride that understands the plans and purposes of God and that our intent is only to please Him. It's not to please ourselves. It's not to please anybody else around us. We're not man-pleasing. We are going after God and Him alone. And as we go after God, He's going to bring a greater revelation of His goodness to us in this time. So we are to establish a dwelling place, a dwelling place for his presence, a dwelling place where we as royal priests and a chosen generation can offer up spiritual sacrifices unto him because it's, it's, it's greater than a building. I'm very thankful for the Betsy Mills and them allowing us to be here. Very, very thankful to them. But we understand also that if the building would go, it's still about the people. It's about what God is doing in a people that helps to establish us as a people that we would begin to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So when we do that, we have to understand when you offer up spiritual sacrifices, it is like a sweet smelling aroma to the Lord. And as you offer up spiritual sacrifices, what God does is he begins to move on your behalf. And he begins to move on the city's behalf. Now, we read on here, if you would go back to Psalm 107, in verse 36, he says, There he makes the hungry dwell, that they may establish a city for a dwelling place, and sow fields and plant vineyards, that they may yield a fruitful harvest. He also blesses them, and they multiply greatly, and he does not let their cattle decrease. Let me say this again. He blesses them. And they multiply greatly. 
It's not about numbers, but it is about souls. And because it is about souls, we see that, again, we're not the only ones here, but we realize, man, I'll tell you what, this Mid-Ohio Valley needs Jesus. We've got, we've got drugs going everywhere at a rapid pace. And what's happening is, is that God is looking for the church to step out of things that we used to be in. It's a new season. It's a new day. And the Lord is looking for the church to be ready because we're to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Well, those spiritual sacrifices come when we establish, help to establish the kingdom of God. And you and I are the ones who do this. So if you would go with me to Proverbs 11. I want to take just a little bit of time here and just really build this and explain this because I think it's, this is just one of those uh, revelations I believe is so important. I've just been praying about, about the church. Now, we know that the church, we don't worship the church, we worship Jesus. He is our Lord and our Savior. But He's called us together as an ecclesia. So I, I'm going to say ecclesia, uh, church. The, the word church was translated by the German when they went to, when they went to uh, translate the, the, the scriptures. Um, the word um, ecclesia was too freeing. So they took the word and they made it into kirka. Kirka is a pagan temple of worship. That's the only thing they could relate it to. And so what happened was that pagan temple of worship had protocols that you would do to attain certain levels of spiritual hierarchy. That's not what the ecclesia is about. The ecclesia is we are all a chosen generation. We are all royal priesthood. And so because of that, there's not one better than the other. There are those who are called to serve in different capacities, but that's just the calling of God. That's nothing that we have to do with. That's Him doing what He does. But what we are to do is we are to come and we are to serve in, in the capacity that the Lord calls us to. So as an ecclesia, as we come together, what happens is that the Lord calls the church to have a specific destiny. And every single one of us contain a part of the destiny that God has for us. So every city has an ecclesia. And the way I can prove that is that when we look in Revelation, we see to the church of Philadelphia right. You could also say to the, to the ecclesia of Philadelphia right. You could say to the ecclesia of Laodicea right. To the ecclesia of Smyrna right. See, all the, all the churches, all the, the cities had a body of believers called out by God. And so every city has a body of believers called out by God. Now we will stand and give an account for what we do and, 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 whether our, works, and our works will be tested by fire as to whether they were of pure motive unto the Lord or whether they were of impure motive. But we are coming to Him as living stones, as, as a royal priesthood, as a chosen generation. So we are coming to Him to lift up His name, not anything more. And I'm not, we're not trying to build something for our, an empire for ourselves, but we're just wanting to make Jesus famous. And so Proverbs 11, 11 says this. It says, the blessing of the upright, I'm sorry, the, by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. Now, I looked up the word exalted. That word means to be sat on high. That word means to have transitive power. Now, I found this very interesting because I've not heard transitive power. I don't know if anybody else has. I had not heard of transitive power. And so I began to look at this. And I, I want to share this at Waterford, but it may be a week or so before I can. But transitive power, it means 
to interlock the fields of action of the parties involved in social relations by executing influence. Let me read that again, because I know it's a lot. That's a mouthful. Transitive power interlocks the fields of action of the parties involved in the social relations by executing influence. In other words, when I look this up, A, A equals B, B equals C, C equals D. In other words, as I'm influenced by the Lord, now my influence goes to Becky. Becky's influence will go to Christy. Christy's influence will go to Bill. Bill's influence will go to David. David's influence will go to Judah. Judah's influence will go to Kimberly. It just goes on and on. And what happens is, is literally that transitive power, as I looked it up even more, it literally means, the definition literally means of exalted here, it literally means that Jehovah lifts up. A city will be lifted up by God. It will be exalted by God. And I don't know about you, but to see that happen in our time is something that I'm looking to see. To see that happen to where we would see that, that, that Marietta would be lifted up by God, would be, would be lifted up as a, as a pearl, something precious unto Him. That's what we look for. That's what we desire for. That's what we long to see. So when we come here as spiritual, as, as, as spiritual living, living stones to offer up spiritual sacrifices, as we come here as a royal priesthood and a holy, holy nation, a chosen generation unto God, what we are doing is we are truly lifting up spiritual sacrifices so that what would happen is the influence of Christ would begin to be moving throughout this area and out throughout this region so that what would happen is Jesus would be exalted. Now the way we see, we see this in the New Testament, go with me to Matthew chapter 28. In Matthew chapter 28... So we see here the Great Commission. In verse 18, And Jesus said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe the commandments, the command, I'm sorry, observe the things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we are to go out... And we are to make disciples. Now, when he said, all authority has been given to me, he was basically saying, the Father gave this to me, now I'm giving it to you. Now go out and make disciples. And so we understand then that the ecclesia, the body of called out believers assembled together by God to bring governmental change within a region. It's the government of the enemy, the government of Satan, and the government of God. So when we understand that there are two governments at war, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with politics. When there are two governments at war, we understand then that our part in this is to enforce the government of God by influence, by loving people, by letting them see how good and how faithful He is. So you, as you offer up spiritual sacrifices, you're offering up the goodness of God as we continually show people His goodness. Can you say amen? amen. 
You, you look at people and they, they will look at you and they will say, why is he so good? And you can share with them what God has brought you through. You can share with them where you've come from to where you are now. You can share with them that though you may be in a trial now, he's still the one that's always faithful. That is the kind of faith that the people need to see. We need to see a people who are truly loving God and absolutely coming into a place to understand how good and how righteous and how holy and how just, but how tender and how merciful he is to us. So Mark chapter 16 we go on in verse 15, and he said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Listen, before I got saved, I would come down here. I was a creature during that time. Y'all understand? I got saved, and I am no longer a creature. Now I'm a, a, a born again. I'm a living stone. So preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized, <clears throat> he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, as we go out of here, one of the things I want you to understand is that this next verse is for you. It's for me. It's for you. It's for all of us. And these signs will follow those who believe. Raise your hand if you believe in Jesus. So these signs are going to follow you. In my name, you will cast out demons. You will speak with new tongues. You will take up serpents. We don't handle snakes. Okay, that's talking about demonic spirits. And if you drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt you. And you will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. You will lay hands on the sick. This is what the Lord has commissioned His body, His ecclesia to do. It's not an elitist thing. It's for all of us. Go with me to Matthew chapter 10. <clears throat> keep your finger in Mark, but keep going with me to Matthew chapter 10. So what happens? That transit of power begins to take place. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 7 and 8. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. How's that transitive power work? Man, I got to tell you, I was at church tonight and the Lord's just so good to us. We just, there's such expectation of what God's going to do. Well, how does that transitive power work? Well, I just want to tell you that Jesus is so good. We believe that he's so real and he's alive and that he loves Marietta. Do you think he could love Marietta? Oh yeah, he loves you. How do you, how does he love me? He loves you because he gave his life for you, right? So that transitive power, you may say, well, we don't know if they got saved. That's okay. We just sow seed. We sow seed. God's faithful. So what happens, <clears throat> it goes on here. And as you go to preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So as we go out, we're looking. There are those who are going to be sick. We're going to lay hands on them. You may say, well, Dean, I don't think I can do that. That's why I had you hold your finger there in Matthew or Mark 16. Let's go back to Mark 16. Keep your finger in Matthew. We're going to do, we're going to do uh, Christian aerobics tonight, right? All right. So Mark 16. So then in verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. 
So as you go out throughout this week, we're going to talk to people about Jesus. You can look up that word preach, but it literally means to tell your story. It literally means to share what Jesus has done. It means to witness. And they went everywhere. The Lord working, I'm sorry, and the Lord working with them. So as you go, the Lord's going to work with you. Matthew 10, as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Well, Dean, I don't think I can do that. Wait, the Lord is working with you. Well, I don't know if he'll do that. Wait a minute. In Matthew 28, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And he gave it to us. So that means you've got the authority. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got the power. So you got the power to go out and lay hands on the sick. You got the power to go out and cast out demons. You got the power to go out and do what God's called you to do. Now, just as I've shared in times past, it's the same thing. I was at a gas station, and, uh, or a, uh, uh, it, was, it wasn't really a gas station, but a store. Come out of a store, and the family, his husband and wife is there. Husband says, do you believe in demons? And I said, uh, yes. He first says, are you Dean Wagner? I said, yes. He says, do you believe in demons? I said, yes. My wife's got a demon. His wife's standing right there with her, with him. And, and, and she's like, I think I really do. So I'm ministering deliverance to this lady right there in the, at the store parking lot. What is that? Why am I telling you that? Because you can do the same thing. I didn't get all crazy and untie my bow tie. Who stole my Hyundai? I didn't do that. I just simply ministered deliverance to her. Why? Because Jesus loves her. Jesus loves her. And because Jesus loves her, we need to realize in the same way he wants to, us to be able to continue on with the ministry that he gave to us. It's not elitist thing. It's to all of us. So that what happens is we would go and we would minister. So he says the Lord working with them, confirming his word through accompanying signs. I will tell you that the people in that window, in that store, was looking through that window like they didn't know what was going on. Their eyes were about as big as saucers. And they're going. But the reality is this, is that what they saw was the kingdom of heaven was at hand. Because Matthew 10 said, as the king, it says, and as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. I could have said, no, 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 this isn't the place. We need to go back to the church and have a holy setting. But they came looking for something real. We've got to be the body who offers up spiritual sacrifices at the proper time. Right? So the Lord's going to call on you at times that you don't realize. Times you don't think, oh, this is really not the season I want to be ready for. There's in season and there's out of season, right? So I just want to give you just a couple testimonies here. So we were, not we, I'm sorry, I was um, just learning to walk with the Lord. And, and I had stopped at this, I, was, I lived in Athens, and I worked at, in Lancaster, Ohio. And so I would be an, hour, be an hour drive up. And so I'm driving up, and what happened was uh, I worked as a delivery guy for a certain company. And so I would deliver um, all these different uh, like manufacturing items that wouldn't be needed at different power plants or, or factories. And I would go and I would deliver these, these items, screws and drills and all kinds of stuff. And uh, there, was a, there was a rest area between uh, Logan and uh, Lancaster. And I had stopped there to use the restroom. And I, I shared this before, but I'm sharing this for a reason. The, this, this man was putting in trash, and the Lord says, I want you to go tell him that I love him. And I'm thinking, oh, man, Lord, no. Right now is not a good time. But I had been praying, Lord, 
I want to be able to be used by you. Anybody ever prayed that? Lord, I want to be used by you. And, and he says, I want you to go tell him that I love him. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Butterflies are happening. And I'm thinking, there's no way. There's no way. And I, the guy walks by. and I said, Lord, if you bring him back, I'll do this. I've done this to so many people. It's unreal. Just like, this can't be God. By the, by the sixth or seventh time, I'm like, yeah, I, I, this is God. So the man walks and he comes back and walks and he comes back. And I'm just really wrestling with this. So finally, I get out. I say, excuse me, sir. I said, I just want to let you, I said, I believe that God speaks today. And I just am supposed to tell you that Jesus loves you. The man had turned around just as I'm saying that. He turns around and um, he was uh, a person with Down syndrome. And he smiled and he just began to tear up. It broke me more than it did him. Because what I saw was the goodness of God. It wasn't about like power evangelism, though I believe in that. But it was about God's goodness right then and there. And, and I got to see it firsthand because sometimes when we offer up those spiritual sacrifices, those spiritual sacrifices are sacrifices of obedience to him because it, it costs us to be obedient. We are living sacrifices. Romans 12, 1 says, therefore, you know, we are living sacrifices unto him. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So as a living sacrifice, you are going to have times where your sacrifice is found in your obedience. Can you say amen? Now, the Lord began to speak to me about this, and, and, and I began to see it through Scripture. Do you know that your obedience is not hinged, or your, your obedience is what He's after? He's not after the success. He's not after the failure. He's after your obedience. Because your obedience is what makes the difference. You can be obedient and the Lord may, like I've had times where the Lord's told me to go witness to someone. I truly thought they were going to get saved. They did not get saved. But I was obedient. So and what happens is, is that in our obedience, that's where God's called us to. So as children of God, as a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, living stones, we are to go and we're to offer up these spiritual sacrifices. And so these spiritual sacrifices look like the obedience of what He's called us to. And so as we go and we witness and we tell people about how great His love is, then what happens at that time is we begin to realize, man, He's got something great in store for those who experience Him, for those who come to know Him by the truth of His Word. For those who begin to encounter the living God, there is, a, there is a joy that comes to them. There is a joy that is for them. See, he wants the church to be able to tell the people how much he loves them. He's coming back and he's looking for a church that is being found faithful. Not for a church that's hunkered down and waiting for everything to come, but for a church to be out in the midst. Because Jesus even said when he comes back, will he find faith? So we are ones who God has called to find faith. So again, we look back here at this, Proverbs 11. I'm just going back to this. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. So look at your neighbor and say, you're upright. That also means righteous. By the blessing of the righteous. So as we walk before the Lord, 
as we go around and we begin to do what the Lord's called us to do, then what happens is, the, as we are walking in His righteousness, the city is exalted. It just takes us to begin to, that transient power, or, or, sorry, that, that transitive power, that transitive power to where we minister to someone, and you know how they have that thing called pay, pay it forward, where someone will do something nice, it's an acts of kindness? Well, it's kind of like that. It's the, that was the world's uh, uh, way of doing it. But in the kingdom, in the kingdom of God, it's by sharing our faith. It is by acts of kindness, but it's by the influence of Jesus in our lives to other people. So by you walking in the place of the upright, the city, the region is exalted in Jesus. Jesus, Jehovah, lifts up. That's what, what that literally means. Jehovah lifts up. He will exalt the city. He will lift up the city. He will lift that up the area. And what happens is when this begins to take place, then everything is changed. We begin to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We begin to see the people who once were on drugs are now off of drugs. We begin to see where families had been torn apart. Now they're brought back together and restored. We begin to see where those who were hopeless now begin to find hope or where those who were even suicidal now begin to have soundness of mind so that those thoughts no longer plague their mind. So that's what God has called the church to. It's what God's called us all to. And praise God for the opportunity to be able to do this because there's no other time I would rather be alive than right now. Regardless of everything going on, there's no other time I'd rather be alive than right now because now we get to see the goodness of God. Now we get to be here in this time. Now, people have said, well, things are difficult and things are hard. Absolutely. But that's why you're here. Look at your neighbor and say, you're pretty tough. Yep, see, you can handle all things. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So the Lord is looking for a people who will be ready. Now, this is my last scripture. I did this last week, but we're going to go back to it. Nehemiah. In Nehemiah chapter 4. And Bill, you said last week your Nehemiah was on what page? 639? Yes, I'm Okay. <laughs> so Nehemiah, a little preface of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, he is enslaved in captivity. He asks the people who are still left in Jerusalem, how is Jerusalem? They say, it's terrible. The walls have been torn down. Everything's happened. I mean, it's, just, it's, in, it's in destruction, utter destruction. And he begins to weep. He begins to find that he has a God-given burden or a vision for Jerusalem to be restored. And Nehemiah begins to go before the king. And Nehemiah was the cupbearer. And a cupbearer at that time could not go before the king with a sad countenance or a sad look on his face. The cupbearer had to go before the king, always happy and, and delighted to be in the presence of the king. That's how they did things. But he's there and he's, he's got a sad look on his face. And the king begins to talk to him. Why are you sad here? This could have costed him his life. But Nehemiah says, O king, if it be possible, can I talk to you about Jerusalem? He's beginning, I'm paraphrasing. And he begins to share. He's like, I would like to go and just inspect Jerusalem. And the king says, okay, fine, go ahead and go. He had the blessing of the king. So he goes and he begins to find how Jerusalem is truly just utterly destroyed. And he asks the king, can we build, rebuild Jerusalem? King gives him permission. 
Now what happens is, is that Nehemiah had the vision to see the kingdom be restored. When the body of Christ, when the ecclesia begins to see that we need to have the kingdom restored, it's not about um, 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 this or that or the different things that we make it. It's about seeing the people build up in Jesus. Then what happens is we will be able to do what God's called us to do in the time he's called us to do it in. We will be able to do all that he said and more. In Nehemiah 4 verse 6 it says, So we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people had a mind to work. Well, how does that translate into the New Testament? Well, just as I read to you, Matthew 20, in Matthew 28, he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I have commanded. And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. Well, what does that have to do with about rebuilding a wall? It's one of our very first scriptures. 1 Peter chapter 2. We're being built up as living stones. The wall. You and I represent a wall. A kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. A wall or a fortress, or if I could put it this way, a blessing of the Lord brought into the people. So you and I represent a wall that keeps hell out and keeps heaven in. And what happens is when we build the wall, and I'm talking about literally living as living stones, we build a wall of righteousness, a standard of righteousness. As we build the wall, the city is exalted. Jehovah lifts up. He's going to, be, he's going to lift up the city by the church, grabbing a hold of the truth of who he is and doing what the, words, the word says for us to do. Because when this happens, we as a body, as a believer, as believers, as sons and daughters of God, we offer up those spiritual sacrifices. We begin to stand as a royal priesthood, as a chosen generation. We begin to do what God has called the church to do, and we begin to see His goodness overtake us in the land of the living. So practical steps. How does this look? What does this look like? This looks like, well, we're at Walmart or we're going down through wherever. I mean, Becky and I, we, we was here early last week. Uh, and uh, while we were here early last week, we was trying to find a public restroom on Front Street, wasn't it? Turns out there's not a public restroom. So you have to walk down to Lafayette. There might be a public restroom. I just don't know. About. <laughs> but we walked down Lafayette and we walked back and there's all kinds of people walking back and forth. This is a perfect time to be able to share Jesus. When we, when we go out to, to where, whatever store you go to or wherever you're at, and we begin to talk to people about the Lord, what happens is we have a chance to share Jesus with them. And in the process, the Lord wants the church to be ready because you may be called upon. You may be called upon to minister in a time where you didn't think you would. When I stepped out of that store and that husband and wife come to me, I did not expect, I didn't have any plans that day to do anything at all. But when I stepped out and they were looking and she was broken, she was wanting the Lord. 
when I ministered deliverance to her and, and, and she, she had been tormented, she had tremendous demonic dreams where she could not think straight. She couldn't, she couldn't function. She was just under fear all the time. And she would be worried and she would cry. And she would talk about times where she would think about ending her life because she was just so afraid of what the world was turning into. And she had so much trauma from her past. So as I'm praying for her, I didn't do, like I said, I didn't do anything crazy. But as I'm ministering to her, what happens is she receives deliverance. The demon comes out. You could literally tell because her countenance changed. Her face changed. It wasn't contorted, but I mean peace came upon her. And at that point in time, she's, she starts to smile and she starts to laugh a little bit. She even begins to cry a little bit. She was so grateful of what Jesus had done. It didn't matter who was looking on. Jesus touched her that day. So that's what we're looking for. You may be called upon at different times and the Lord may have you to minister to someone and you may minister to them. And as you do, folks, we've got to realize this is where the Lord has called the church to do. As we stand in righteousness, as we walk in righteousness, and as we walk as living stones, the city is lifted up. Does that make sense? The city is lifted up. And that is what we long to see, that the city be lifted up. Amen. There's a region be lifted up because Jesus loves this region and he wants the church to be what it's called to be. He wants the body of Christ to be what it's called to be so that we would be able to exalt the name of the Lord. So we have to have a mind to work. We have to have a mind to, to be ready. In other words, we're attentive, attentive to what the Lord is wanting to do. So everywhere you go, there's opportunity around you. Everywhere you go. I mean, as, as a counselor, you, and you went through the schooling, you went, how, did it take you four years? Three, three years. Three years? Okay. So in three and a half years for you to go through the schooling to become a counselor, you now see things you, didn't, you may not have seen before. Would that be a fair assessment? So what happened was your eyes got opened to what's really going on, right? And see, if we ask the Lord to open our eyes, He's going to give us understanding. If we ask the Lord to open our eyes, He's going to give us opportunities. And if we ask the Lord to open our eyes, there's going to be times and situations where you're going to be able to minister to people you normally wouldn't have ministered to before. But the opportunity is going to be there. You're going to see it differently. Because you're called to, to lift up spiritual sacrifices. You're called to do what God's called you to do. Amen? Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Thank you, Lord. In the Lord good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you for tonight. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing here tonight. And God, we pray that you would continually move upon us tonight. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you, Lord, for the, the fullness of the promises of God. Lord, I pray that we would begin to walk in them in greater measure than we ever have before. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being with us today in this service. Now listen, during this service, if you have been ministered to, there's something that happens when the Spirit of God begins to move upon a person. He begins to draw us unto Himself. And I want to tell you that today is a day of salvation. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you've accepted Him at one point in time and your relationship is no longer where it needs to be, then I would ask you to simply repeat this prayer with me. As we pray, 
I just repeat it with me and let's believe God. He is so faithful and he is so true. Just pray this prayer with me to say, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and as my Savior. I repent of my sins. I ask for your forgiveness and your blood to wash me clean. I walk away from my old life and I walk into my new life. Thank you, Lord. I am born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time or if you've rededicated, please comment, let us know. We got some material for you. We would love to absolutely get this into your hands so that it would help you and strengthen you in your walk with the Lord. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. If this message has blessed you and you would like to give financially or you would like more teachings from Senior Pastor Dean Wagner, please visit www.theriverfcc.com.